All right, here we are, episode Borderline Raptors, number 16, a very special episode. Our first ever guest host uh, joins us, Brock Webble, uh, on the pod. Uh, won't be his last, based on his performance tonight. So we were uh, we were quite pleased. Not surprised. I knew, I knew he'd hit out of the park, and he, and he really does. Uh, Brock joins myself and Kitsch, uh, and we break it down from the Raps' three-game winning streak. What we like, what we don't like, our Pascal uh, issues, uh, the Maasai situation of how he got us here and where he may end up uh, taking us. Uh, then with other NBA storylines, the Harden rant um, uh, that so we just talked about the Nets and their whole situation. Uh, NFL storylines, quick recap of last week's game, backyard gambling, our insights, Kitsch, really excited about his 4-0 week. Uh, and then it's into what drives you crazy in AOB. Uh, so this is it. Uh, now, I'm sure none of you are going to know this, but there was a movie uh, that was created at some point in the 2000s called Badass Brock, which I I found by uh, by happenstance here. So, however, when I found the trailer uh, and listened to it, I don't think it could have described our Brock uh, any differently. So, with a little preview uh, into what you're about to get, here is uh, Badass Brock. I'm Badass Brock. An ass kicking is what I do. This place up. Are you coming or what? Kitch. Hello. Well, here it is. Our first ever guest host. We've been we've been chatting him up for a few weeks now, saying it was gonna happen. So here he is, ladies and gentlemen. Uh is one young Brock Webble. Brock, welcome to the pod. Hello, David. Hello, Kitch. Great to be here. <laughs> Well, obviously, listen, I, I get that. It's a big moment for you. Put your hands uh, together for the lovely Brock. Oh, get over the board. Oh, but put your hands together. Yeah, I'm not sure it's a stage name, Brock, but it, yeah, I mean, right, right, right. we can figure it out. Uh, but listen, let's uh, let's give the audience a little bit of background, Brock. Why don't you give us? Why don't you tell us two things that anyone's going to give a shit about? Uh, so, longtime Toronto sports fan. Okay, lived in Bermuda about the same. Well, a little longer than you, Dave. Yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah. So there's two things. Also, also a long-suffering Detroit Lion fan. So, there you go for our. Well, can I listen? And can I just say, based on the uh, the preamble before this, the, the fact that you've done an hour's worth of research—that's <laughs> huge. That's everyone's going to care about that. That is, I can tell you, that's fifty-nine more minutes than I've done this week. So, yeah, no uh, all right. So, listen. Let's dive. Let's dive in after a big three-game Raptors uh, winning streak. Hang on, hang on, I want to ask Brock. So, where, oh, where, was, where was home, Brock, before uh, Bermuda? Where was the? Uh, well, home is Southwestern Ontario, so Chatham, Ontario, to oh, be Chatham. exactly. Nice. Kent County. Kent Schooled County. at McMaster, Hamilton. Spent a little time in Kitchener, Waterloo, and London before I came down here. Ooh, how, how, and how old are you now, Brock? Uh, I am. I am, Wow, this is personal. You don't, you don't have to answer uh, that. You don't have to answer. I'm 50, 56 years young. Uh, I, was a, I was a Mac too, but you're you're four four years ahead of me. So I guess we didn't we didn't cross paths. But I have played the uh, the Chatham Golf and Country Club with uh, Colin McGregor's family down there. I don't know if you know Colin McGregor, and he has an older brother from Chatham that uh, been down there and, and quite enjoyed the uh, the layout of that. Uh, are we uh, are we going to go six degrees of Brock Webble here? Like what are we doing? <laughs> we might. We might. <laughs> Who else do you know that Brock maybe or maybe doesn't know? <laughs> what the fuck? I don't mind. For the record, I do not believe I know Colin McGregor. Uh, I do know some McGregor. So, okay. Brock, this is you're going to come to find out pretty quickly if you haven't already. This is why I run the thing. 
Right. That's why I like to do most of the question uh, asking and whatnot, because Kitch can, we can, we can get sidetracked pretty easily if Kitch is asking the questions. Um, all right. So as I was saying 45 seconds ago, which I think everyone wishes they had back, um, we are going to dive in. Brock, we're going to let you, we're going to let you jump in here because I, I think what the, the audience should know is that you are a pretty avid uh, Raptors basketball fan and you're probably, uh, your biggest strength might be the fact that you tend to latch on to all the details. Like you are, you, there's not much in a game that's gonna, that's going to get by you. Uh, you. Usually have some pretty deep insights into where a guy was uh, not positioned properly. Out of t- so I think uh, this is what we're looking forward to: some is some deeper insights uh, in, into what we're dealing with here. So three game win streak doesn't mean anything to you. Uh, it really doesn't. I think to, I mean, we're playing better than we were. Um, but we're beating the teams that we're supposed to beat right now. So a, a week ago, I was, I was thinking, well, we're, we haven't got a prayer making the playoffs. Um, so now I think we do have a prayer making the playoffs. I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Um, but so, yeah, I think it means something, but not a lot. We got to see how we do against some better teams and we've got some better teams coming up. So a week from now, I think we'll have a, we'll have a better, uh, a better view as to whether we are a, indeed a playoff team or not. Catch three game, uh, three, three game streak. Mean anything to you? Yeah. Three, three in a row for the wraps, uh, bringing the record of five and eight. So if you look at the, if you look at the Eastern standings, so this uh, was the sixth place, the seventh place team is six wins and we are the 13th place team with five wins. So, the bottom of that, uh, the bottom of that East is uh, really bunched up. So you get a, you get a couple wins here, you vault yourself into sixth or seventh place. But ideally, I think we have to we have to get to at least six to have any sort of chance to play out. Because I'd hate to draw to draw the Brooklyn or Milwaukee in the first round there. So that's uh, they they have shown life the last few games. They are starting to really relish from the bench strength. So the bench strength has come on. Um, we do have some flaws with players we'll get into later on that uh, we yelled at the TV about last night. But uh, yeah, it's nice to see it's nice to see some some glimmers of decency in at least half of the game. Okay, so but listen to what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about a week ago I didn't think they're gonna be a playoff team. This week they might be a playoff team, they might be a seven or six seed. Like this is still a pretty major uh issue with respect to what are we actually trying to accomplish and what are we dealing with here. I personally think that the Raptors organization must still believe this team's got some sort of uh, life in it uh, that it can make some sort of run to get to a four or five seat. Like I'm just assuming that's, that's where we're headed here. Uh, so here's what I think. I, I think we have major gaps that have not, um, you know, beating Charlotte twice, big deal. Uh, look good last night against a Mavs team. However, that I think is in complete disarray. Uh, and it's got a whole bit, whole set of issues. So, I'm not sure we've accomplished much, but a three-game winning streak, yeah, it gets us back at a five and eight and in, the, in an Eastern Conference where 10 teams are going to make the playoffs. Yeah, all of a sudden we're in a playoff spot. So I'm not sure I'm getting too excited about that just yet. Um, you know, and Brock, here's the next question for you. And this is where we're going to go to your deep insights. What's wrong with Pascal? I don't know that there is anything wrong. I think we're we're kind of, seeing what he is. I mean, he's certainly playing better than he played in the bubble last year. But when you see is him, he? he he is. Yeah, he's 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 finishing around the basket, seems to have got his speed up a little bit. Um, 
he is making those three foot shots around the rim, which he, which he was not even making in the bubble. Like he would, he missed two, three, four foot shots last year in the bubble. So, but you know, it's clear when you watch him and it's not fair to compare him to Luca, but when you see Luca last night and the way his handle is, you're going to anyways, I'm going to anyway, when you see the handle he has, and that's the problem with Pascal, he plays like a guy who didn't, uh, take the ball up very young. And I think, and he didn't. And so when he, when he starts to drive through the hoop, it's always, it's 50, 50, whether he manages to hang on to the ball, right. The ball's out in front of him. Um, he always looks a bit out of control and I don't know. Uh, and I know Pascal works hard. He seems to get a little better every year. I just don't know if he's ever going to get to that point. So I'm thinking we might be, I mean, he may have some room for improvement. I just don't know how much better he's going to get. Um, and I think, I mean, I think we're probably paying him like he's, is he, we are paying him like he's supposed to be better than he is. I just don't know if that's going to happen. I just don't see the polish and I just don't know in your mid twenties, whether you develop how much more the polish that you develop, um, you can work on your, your, your shot, um, and other things, but I just don't know how much better he gets. And so I think we, we might be seeing what Pascal is. Catch. Yeah. Yeah. I sadly, 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 I agree with you. Just, uh, I, I think he got exposed in the bubble and I think it wrecked him between the years for a bit and he's come back this year and he just hasn't, he, the number of times he's wrong footed, he's making a bad decision. He's scrambling. He's screaming like he's been shot. Like he just, he's just not comfortable on the basketball court at the, at the moment. And, and you can see with every move that I, that I feel he makes, unless he goes right to the layup and does his sort of uh, uses his length and, uh, and makes that, makes that easy layup. So, um, he's going to have, so I, if I was you right now, I would hammer the over on Siakam for the next couple of games. Cause the last time we had a pod said he was dreadful. Um, he lit it up for two games. Then we came back and said he was, he was back and he stunk since those three games. So the fact that we're calling him out here probably bodes well for us. Pascal, the next couple of games. <laughs> so, Brock, as you'll see, and you, you're, you're a, a very loyal listener. You know, everything does revert back to our gambling angle. So, uh, that's that's some of the kitchen comments there is not surprised. All right, here's what I'm going to tell you about Pascal. Last night, and I watched him pretty intently because I did have uh, the player prop over of 19 and a half points, which he got to 19. However, uh, I think more importantly is that I will guarantee you that in all of the NBA games yesterday, which is a full slate on Martin Luther King Day, uh, he was the only player to take three step back 15 footers off one leg. I'll guarantee that. I will absolutely guarantee no one else in the league tried that three times yesterday. And I can also tell you he was unsuccessful on all three attempts. I bet you he missed two or three uh, up-close shots that a guy of his ilk has got to make. So I think he's still nowhere near where he was at the beginning of last season finishing around the rim. I think he's still nowhere near where he was getting to the rim with confidence. Every time I see him attack, it's to me, and we Kitchen and I talked about last night as we were watching the game. He just looks like he's he's waiting for contact or hoping for contact to bail him out because I, I just think he's lost every bit of confidence of, of what he's doing uh, pretty much in all aspects of his game. But then the last part, again, I mean, we watched uh, the part that's unforgivable as I just don't think his effort, uh, you know, on 90 feet is very good. Like he doesn't get up the court very well and he sure as shit doesn't get back. So I still think the biggest issue is his head. Um, 
And I haven't seen any signs where I think that's changed. I mean, is he playing better than the bubble? Yeah, that's pretty low bar. I mean, he was god awful in the really bubble. Really low bar. Uh, and let's not forget, he was second team All NBA. He was voted one of the top ten players in the league last year. I'm not sure what you referenced. We talked about it last night. I don't think we really talked about it. We we <laughs> yelled, we yelled at, it? at the television nonstop. So there wasn't a lot of discussion going on. We brought this up. So unless he gets back to that second team all NBA I'm not and I'm not sure he was a second uh, team all NBA last year but he certainly the first half of his season last year was very very good uh unless he gets back to being that guy I think we're in just huge amounts of trouble uh because everybody else that we have are good players but they are you know I, we'll get to Larry in seconds I do want to talk about Larry but like Freddie's a perfect example he's going to give you two really good games and then we're not going to see Freddie for two games um, and, you know, he made a couple of shots last night, but it was after the game was. So we don't have that consistent every time we show up, who's bringing it. And even Larry has gone away for spots. However, there's no question in my mind, Larry's the MVP of the team to this point. Like, I just think it's, it's not even a question. He's head and shoulders when he's there. I mean, last night was an awesome game. So I just think we're we're middling here and we're, we're kidding ourselves. If we think uh, this team has got the chops to, to give anybody a real scare in the playoffs as it stands today. I'm not saying that won't change. Cause I do. If I'm going to say one thing positive, I do see signs of us gelling here a little bit and let's not overlook your boy, Brock, Bobby Boucher, a young Chris Boucher. No, he's uh, you know, he it, 20 and 10 guy right now for fun. And that's not uh and that's uh, you know with limited minutes. He's part of that's on him. He's got to he's got to stop giving away the uh, easy foul so they can play a few more minutes. But he's the easy twenty ten guy without really even trying too much. Um, so he's got some upside. I don't know how much more upside he, you know he has. I don't think he can. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think he's going to be Kevin Durant, but but he certainly uh, is kind of what you'd hoped he would be. Well, I would like his points and rebounds not to be a multiplier of his weight. That's what I'd like. <laughs> that's possible. I, love I hope he gets some upside in his weight, in his, in his muscle mass. I love the fact he can shoot from behind his head and the ball spinning sideways and he can still drain his threes. Like I think he's top of the league for that. I don't think you teach that in, 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 in middle school. No, you, you really don't. But uh, yeah, so he's a, a huge bright spot. And then Brock, uh, breaking news. I don't know, uh, Kitch, did you hear this? That Alex Len, no longer part of the uh, the squad? No, he was waived today. So waved it out last two hours. So really, yeah. Not against once again, we're breaking news. We're breaking news out here. <laughs> well, that's a big loss. All right, but so listen, because we're gonna wrap. Yeah, up. I really, I will, Maryland Joe's not gonna be happy. We got he's, he's got no more Raptors presence now. Maryland Joe, you know, twenty four handicap. Maryland Joe who stole our money this weekend. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I don't give a shit what he right, thinks. It was walk around with a little sand in his pockets. Yeah. Through this. So uh, listen. Um, we got seven minutes left here or so to, on our Raptors recap. Brock, one of the things we talked, we prepped you for this. Um, and I, yeah, think- yeah. before we get there, we got, let's talk about the wins. Let's talk about why we, why we got the two wins before we get to Mazai. Let's talk about it. So you look at the Raptors. We scored 116 points, 116 points in both of the last two victories. And of those 116 points of the starters, and I'm going to take Baines out of a starter because he doesn't score any points. Anyway, I don't even know what he does out there. Um, you got 61 points from your starters and 55 points from your bench in both of those games. 116 both games, 61 from the stars, 55 from the bench. 
It's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. Well, but, but, excuse and, me. Excuse me. If you're going to start throwing out those stats, I think you, you you may want to point out where a lot of those bench points came from. Oh yes. Uh, I was. I don't know. Poople. What's his name again? The other guy. Here's Powell. Turns the corner. Driving slam dunk. He has been lights out. You better say it loud and proud. I love Norm. Norm. Norm, Norm is playing. Now listen. Now there's a guy who's playing a hell of a lot better the last three games. There's no, uh, he really is. And I think if Norm can stick to what he does well and still use maybe his left hand a little more often when he goes to the rim, he's going to go back to that 16 uh, a game guy, which is exactly what we need off the bench. So I agree with you. The bench has been a, a much improved, but Norm's a big part of that. Well, you're counting Boucher's points as bench points too. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I think, I think you have to for, for the moment. I mean, he's getting almost starters minutes, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's bench for the time being. Listen, everybody is playing a little bit better. I mean, there that wasn't hard to do. I mean, uh, I was I was borderline suicidal the first couple of games. Well, where you were well, like, I've got to watch uh, seventy two games of this. I mean, that you know that wasn't. I was uh, you know what? I was uh, Deno threatened to walk away for a week. He said if they lost one more game like that, he was walking away. So I get it. Yeah, I think. I mean, I wasn't quite there yet, but yes, I agree. It was horrible to watch. And a broad body language on the bench, too. Usually the Raptors are known for for guys who are into the game. The bench mob is there. They're into it. And it did not look like there was any mojo on that bench. Uh, they looked like they wanted to be anywhere but Tampa at that point. So, <laughs> Which could be a, two-thirds of the country would want to be anywhere but Tampa right now. Uh, now, going, going back to the betting angle now. So, Powell, who uh, who we last – I looked at the last pod's notes, and it was I, – I did call him useless – and and terrible and not one of my top eight starters. I was a flyer for the last two weeks. Um, so you're gonna want to short um, Powell for the, now that we've mentioned these great no. star. You're gonna short him for the next two games. So he, do not, do not. You right. I'm telling you right now, he's been the only thing paying off lately on the wraps. You bet the Powell over until he doesn't get it. I'll tell you that he's been he's been he's gone over the last three games. Well, do you know who is out there to be picked up now that we have oh. a roster spot? Oh, I'm, I'm curious. Our, our man, Bruno Caboclo. Is, uh, <laughs> is a, oh. Bring back Bruno. Do you think that's the rally cry? Bring back Bruno. Well, you know, <laughs> actually, I mean, listen, Boucher is kind of what we wanted Bruno to be, right? Long arms, energy guy. So I guess we got we got that guy. So I guess we don't need Bruno. Yeah, Bruno's no, still two years away from being two years away. I think the last thing we need is another 180-pound seven-footer on the squad. I don't think we need another one. I think we are we are chock full of those at the moment. But you know, I, I didn't know Bruno got cut. Did he? He's out of there yeah, too. Yeah, that was part of that four way trade, and I think he was on oh, Houston, he was, and they had yeah. to release. I think they had to release him, so he'll end up somewhere. Oh, yeah. God, I, I, I hope it's not the Raptors. I really. But you know what? Now that can I can I segue in now, or do you have something else you want to? Oh, you got to talk about Lowry. The agenda. Skip over Lowry. You're going to bring him up, and you go back. You're going to mention Lowry. We got to talk about him for a bit. All right, let's. I, I actually, and I'm. I think over my time as a Raptors fan, I've probably been way too hard on Lowry. Uh, but the more and more I watch him, it's like fine wine, Brock. He's like a fine one. The more and more I watch him, uh, the more and more appreciation I have for him. Like I, I just, I, he still whines way too much. I don't like any of that shit, but that's just, I think that's part of his, his mojo and what gets him going. But I, I have, uh, yeah, mass respect for, for his game. Like he just, uh, when he's engaged, uh, he still can bring. He still shoots the three at a pretty good clip. He gets the basket shockingly well for a thirty-four-year-old. Uses his body better than most small guards. Uh, way better. Freddie's got to go to 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 Lowry School of getting to the basket because Freddie just can't do it. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, I think he's been a huge part of the three-game uh, stretch. And 
until Siakam steps back up, like we need Lowry at 37, 38 minutes a game at, and he's got to be an 18 sort of eight and eight kind of guy. Do they have a prop on the under under over and how many time he hits the deck after the layup? I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it's just automatic, isn't it? I mean, uh, I think it's uh, 27. Every game, I think it's 27. The other thing I think is clear that um, the refs are not going, his reputation has preceded him. They're not giving him continuation and he's not getting the, they, or, or just the fouls. They're, they're clearly not going to give him that right now. Or are they, he's not drawing the charges this year like he has been, uh, like he was last year. That there was a big thing about that on, on social media and uh, a couple of, I read a couple of things that Ryan Russillo hates him for it because he, he thinks it's, it shouldn't even be part of the game. But he, the number of times I've seen this year where he's been in position where he would have got that charge call last year, they're just not doing it because his reputation is that all of a sudden he's a flopper for that. But he doesn't flop. I'm telling you, if you look back and looked at 95% of those charges he took last year, they're legitimate no-brainers. You have to make that call. But I agree with you. He doesn't get calls going to the basket, uh, and he certainly doesn't get the charge calls anymore. And I don't know if that's because he bitches and whines or if because he's a small guard. Because small guards, generally speaking, don't get a ton of breaks. Yeah, I think he was he was getting those some of those calls last year though, or the year before. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, we go we go as far as Lowry goes. I hundred I think it's hundred percent. It's becoming more apparent here. You people at the beginning of the season might have said we go as far as Siakam goes, but I we hundred percent go as far as Lowry goes. Lowry D three bucket and bucket. If he shows up and has decent and plays the full minutes, the last two games he's played the full game. He hasn't disappeared for for quarters. And if, if we can get that from him, then I think I think that our team goes as far as he goes. Well, unfortunately, I think it's a combination of we go as far as Lowry, Freddie, and Siakam go. <laughs> it's not just, I mean, it really, it's like we need those three guys to be really good the majority of the time, right? Because we do have deficiencies, and we, which we've been in, so we don't have to go back into it. But we have deficiencies that we just, you're not, like Baines is a complete, is it, uh, Brock, do you want to give us a, the latest on Jane, your your lovely wife's uh, viewpoint of Baines before well, we get him? Well, just a couple of comments she's made this year. She, I think she said something. Can he actually jump, you know, at all? Can he act? Does he actually get off the ground? Um, and then just, you know, she, what is he doing out there? Why did, how much do we pay him? Uh, why do we have him on the team? You know, just that kind of stuff. Well, that's why he's out there because we paid him way too much and they can't figure out how to get out of this gracefully. And those are all very, very legitimate questions. Those are all very legitimate questions with no answers to. There's not one. Jane, listen. He did dunk. He did dunk the last game, which uh, or two games ago against Charlotte. He had a a dunk. Really? We were mystified. We didn't think that could possibly happen. So, listen. Anytime there's a net positive play with with Baines, after like that's that's a huge win. Like if he passes to somebody without it going out of bounds or tripling, like that's a huge win for us. So, uh, of course, we talk about he's our starter. So we we this is what we're dealing with. All right. Listen. Speaking of Baines and our roster. I've been saying this for a couple of weeks, and I do think it needs a little bit of time. Now, Kitch ruined our seven minutes are already up for this. Um, oh, but I think it needs a little bit of time. I'm a big believer in Masai has screwed up here. And I think he overplayed. I, I just think he overplayed his hand. Whatever that was, he's overplayed it thinking that there was, you know, last year when we lost Kawhi, uh, Masai tweeted out, I got this. Right. And implying that, you know what, it's like it wasn't unexpected. I've got a master plan. This year, I think it's fair to say everyone was pretty surprised when Abaka left and then signed for what he signed uh, in Clipperland. And same with Gasol to a certain extent. But I think Gasol leaving 
that one's kind of justifiable. It just it, that was more of a natural uh, evolution, I think that that made some sense. Um, but now we're with the situation where we have a a mediocre roster. So that's that's a little too harsh. We have a middling roster uh, that's trending to be some sort of where between an eight and five seed team. Um, we have no real superstar to speak of. We're going in with a ton of cap space into now what turns out to be a very shitty uh, free agent year. Our draft picks uh, are in a decent spot, but again, if we're going to be in that middling sort of seven to eight C, we're going to be we're going to be drafting mid first round. So, where do you guys fall on Masai uh, being ultimately responsible for this and and really owning uh, the situation that we're in? Well, I think you know he's he's ended up. You know, it's you know, in a little tribute to Deno, I had I did a little trivia this oh, this week. Oh, oh, listening oh, listening oh, to oh, my fa- oh, listening oh. to my favorite station on Sirius Seventies on Seven. Uh, a um, there was a. Uh, I thought you said you were fifty six, not one hundred and six. I'm a late child of the seventies. It was a song by Steelers Wheel, and do you know what their one hit was, Dave? Uh, thankfully, I don't. I do. Stuck in the middle with you. And oh, that's, that's oh yeah. And you know, it also falls up with, yeah. it falls up with clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. But um, and that's where we're at. And it's funny that that's exactly where Masai said he never wanted to. That was purgatory to him. That's why we we believe he tried to trade Kyle right back to the Knicks years ago. Because he didn't want to be stuck in the middle. He wanted to start from scratch. Now, listen, we got our title and that counts for a lot, but we're stuck in the middle with no way. I don't see a way forward in the near future. Um, the only way we're going to, the only way we're going to get to, you know, uh, a point where you're going to actually win playoff series and go deep into playoffs is we need at least one more elite player. And I don't, I don't see how that happens. Uh, you know, as you said, it's not going to happen through free agency. It's got to happen through the draft. And if that's the case, then I think we need to, well, it, I know. I, listen, I'm not saying there's a trade out there, but that's the only. No, I mean, exactly. we got Kawhi in, in in a very unique circumstance, but that's another way we could do it. But who's out there? I know. And so, even if you look at the best case scenario for all the guys we have, I think we're at a. I think we're at a situation where Masai, and I would be surprised if he's not doing it, saying, "All right, um, how do we? We're going to have to try and maximize our, our draft position." And I'm thinking he's probably think we may, he's going to have to start to sacrifice some seasons. He can't be in the position of, you know, we're going to be in the middle. We're going to eat. We're going to squeak into the playoffs and we're going to be an easy out. So then I think you're, you know, you're looking at what are you going to do? You're going to, who can we trade? And the problem is if you're going to trade for first round picks, they're all going to be lottery protected. So you're going to end up with first round picks um, later in the round. So you're almost, I don't know what you're doing. You're trading. You're trading away talent to finish to finish worse and get a better a lottery pick. I don't see any way out of it. I think that's where we've ended up. I know it's depressing, but yeah, it is depressing. Thank you, bro. Thanks for coming over. <laughs> it is. It is. And I, 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 I think Mazai, he obviously took the honest, the honest uh, gamble this year, um, but he kind of got he. He didn't keep Ibaka around, which has now shown to be a disastrous move on his part. And then he got stuck when when we lost Ibaka. And he said, "Okay, no, he got he kind of got stuck and forced into paying Freddie decent money to keep Freddie around." Which 
now you're wondering is, is he worth that type of money but but at the time it was we everybody thought it was the right thing to do but then we went out and drafted point guards which still baffles me is we we are glaringly weak in the four or five hole why are we going out and picking up somebody to play behind behind our two best players who are going to play the most most minutes um when we need somebody you can shoot somebody from the from the from the wing side so that that was my knock against, and I've always been a big Ujiri fan. So, so, but I've with that decision he made this year with regards to the uh, the point guard position and leaving that vacant four or five position, that that bothers me. That's I've that's his first real knock that I find on his uh, on his resume. Well, listen, Kish, that's actually that was pretty good insight. There. That was uh, unexpected, but I, I agree with you. Uh, th- we're drafting these these small point guards, which Nurse we've already been through that. Where Nurse has basically said, "I've got enough of those," and we're not even playing them. Like my. Like I get it, Malik has a rookie. Uh, I'm not sure Nurse is doing him any favors right now, um, as far as the minutes and the and the disparity between games and how he's coming, uh, how he's using them. So I don't, I'm not sure that. But again, he's a rookie, so he's got to deal with that, and and I think he'll get over that. So we don't even know what we have there yet. So I agree that those could be misses that we just don't even uh, that we're going to realize down the road. But again, I think when we're drafting the position that we were, you're never expecting to do wonders at the end of the draft, even though that's where we got Pascal. Uh, and there have been some uh, recent uh, picks in that late to first round, to second round that have, that have done fairly well for themselves. So uh, I agree with you, Brock, your analogy stuck in the middle. Uh, yeah. Unfor- I didn't think we were going to get there this quickly. There, I saw a pathway to it just with um, the squad that we have, but I didn't think it would happen this quickly. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very disturbing. But I think what, Brock, I think what you said, which is a very nice way of saying it, which I've been saying now for a while, I think we're at that stage in the next 15 to 25 games where you've got Larry in the situation he's at uh, with a very expensive uh, contract that's coming to an end. Like, we're in blow it up mode. If this team, if you really don't think this team is going to compete at a serious level with, uh, for a championship, because that's what a championship does, our fans now expect to be competing uh, for championships over the next uh, X number of years. And once we don't compete anymore, then that'll die down. But uh, yeah, like I think, what are we waiting for? If this is not, if we can uh, all agree that in the next 15 to 25 games, that they're not drastically better at competing with the jerseys uh, and the Milwaukee's at a, at a real level, then what are we doing? Like I am, I'm opinion, you blow it up. You get rid of Lowry. Uh, you look at what you can get for a Siakam type. I think Freddie's probably, uh, almost untradeable at this stage considering his contract. Uh, but yeah, and you, and you maybe just have to start the blueprint all over again. Like that's, I, I know it sounds defeatist, but I, I really do think that's what we're facing. Now we are doing this with potentially a GM who's not even going to be around or a vice president of basketball operations who may not be around in six months. I now believe they're going to be around because I just don't think there's another landing spot for Masai. I mean, he's, he's not going to, he's not going to be the GM of Oklahoma city or Utah, he he's going to New York or LA or Chicago or Miami, somewhere yeah, like yeah. that. And, and they're all spoken for. And they don't. They're all spoken for. So, um, I don't. And you know, it's a well-paying gig. I think he's for a while there. I thought, well, this doesn't make any sense. He's not coming back. But now I firmly believe he is. He is coming back. Um, I think you've overlooked potentially our biggest trade chip. And I think we should do we should we should do what the Oakland A's used to do every year. They would uh, at the start of the year they would uh, get their closer right, run them out there every game, inflate the numbers, and trade them at the trade deadline for some talent. And so you know who our closer is, or who the guy we need to to pump up. He has a very reasonable contract for his production now, Bobby Boucher. Oh, 
run him out there 30 minutes a game. 26 year old Bobby Boucher. Yes. And you know, you can maybe you can get a first round pick. Maybe it's middle to late. It's a, I pro, again, it's not going to be lottery. It's going to be lottery protected, but is he part of the plan three years from now when you're, when you're, you know, making a run? I don't think so. So maybe that's, and you know, that contract is going to be very attractive to somebody. Mm-hmm. Can we get Alex Len back? If we do, well, we get him? Apparently this is what research minutes 45 to 60 get you. Deep, deep insights. Deep, deep Nobody enough. saw that. Like Nobody it's saw that. All right. Wow. All right. Uh, you know what? I got to be honest. And I could have spent a lot of time thinking of potential trade chips. And I would. I don't think I would have landed on Boucher anytime because I kind of like him and think, yeah, see, to your point, and we got to get off this, but to your point, I think he actually, if we're three years from now, we're good. Uh, and in any type of contention, I think you do have a Boucher type who's a sixth or seventh guy uh, that we'd want. But if there's something else, yeah, listen. If you, even though the league is seems to be devaluing uh, picks, I think that's the only way for you know. Again, we don't land too many uh, big time free agents um, due to American basketball players' ignorance of Canada. Uh, so it's tough to get the big free agent. But yeah, I think we got to start stockpiling draft picks so at least that they become uh, trade assets. Bonjour, we, bonjour, bonjour. <laughs> All right, so listen. Uh, I think I think we're going to wrap it up here. Thirty one minutes into the Raptors chat. So uh, Brock, listen, so far, so good. How you doing over so far? So good, Brock. I would say, I would say your podcasting right now is significantly better than your short game was on Saturday. <laughs> it was windy. Saturday was my, windy. Uh, my game, like chipping. Yeah, my game is scrappy. I got to tell you, yeah, you know what? it's very scrappy. It's maybe time to adjust your handicap to something that's even reasonable. Easy. Don't be encouraged that with the guys. Don't be encouraged no, that with the guys down here. Know. Yeah, I know. I'm not saying go the Joe and McGuire route. I'm just saying maybe I'm a, I'm maybe time to get off that 11 handicap. I'm an eight. I'm an 18. Have been an 18 for a while now. So. Oh, there you go. All right. All right. Yeah. That's part three. 18. You're a good golfer. You're a good golfer. All right. Listen. Here we go. Uh, NBA uh, storylines. Uh, that I don't think there are a ton this week. I would just obviously we should probably talk hard and quickly on the Nets. The disrespect started way before, you know, any interview. Um, just the approach to training camp, uh, showing up the way he did, uh, the antics off the court. I mean, the disrespect started way before. Well, so it's interesting to see that uh, that Wall and and Cousins finally, finally came out after this, and that they've now said that in a meeting with the with the Rockets, they basically demanded accountability from Harden. They went to management and said, we need this guy to be, he hasn't shown up. He's not trying in practice. He's not trying in games. Um, so, and basically what Westbrook did two or three weeks ago when they, when they, before he left and he called him out, actually more than two weeks ago, but he called him out. And uh, now I, I call Harden, Harden is now the new Vince Carter. In my eyes. The new Vince Carter is, is Harden in my eyes. Well, he, yeah, he is there. He's the equivalent of what Vince did to Toronto. Uh, no question about that. That that is the comparison that comes to mind. I don't think there's a better one. So no, I, I would agree. And you know, I, I just hate all the bullshit about how I gave everything to that. At least Vince never said that. Vince never said I gave everything. To he was he was he was smart enough to realize that would be a terrible thing to say. I mean, I think Harden. If there is a Houston basketball fan that is still a James Harden fan, I would. I don't think they'd admit to it. That's he, he is scorched earth. Uh, in that part of the uh, the world, as he should be, you he's making forty million dollars a year. He's got two years left in his contract. That man, any basketball player, any any professional athlete, you go out there and you play your ass off uh, until you're no longer a member of that team. So they were 
I love that that Cousins and Wall actually called him out. And I love that the coach finally said, that's it. You know what? He went to management. Uh, what's his name? What is his coach? He's a kid. He's a son of Giles, Giles, Giles. I don't know. The Houston coach. Um, Silas? Is he a Silas? Silas. Yeah. yeah. Silas, Silas Jr. Close. Yeah. Close. Close. Letters. You were Giles? Yeah. Silas. Come on. Uh, thanks for your research. Um, so. I want to yeah, know, though. I want to know how you lose 20 pounds in three days because that's look, that looks like what, what Harden did. So I mean, was it good last night? No. Like how do you lose that much weight that quickly? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that was, yeah, that, I agree. that was a bit of a metamorphosis for, for sure. Superpower. Especially, when especially when your beard weighs another five pounds more than it did before. No, you don't, you hate the beard. You hate that. I've got to get used to it. I kind of like him with it now. Wow. looks like he lives under a bridge. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in here too. So you go back and you look at you look at the Heat powerhouse team, you the Lakers powerhouse, the Clippers powerhouse, um, the Cavs when they were in the heat of their powerhouse. I still hate the Nets more than any of those. Like I I for out of all those powerhouse teams, the one I want to see lose the most is this one. This one oh, this one leaves me with the worst. No, the worst not team. quite there yet. I mean, I hate all three of those guys, but I I hated LeBron when he went to Miami. That was the worst for me. I hated those teams. Brock, what do you think of that? One? Uh, yeah, I, I would, I would agree. I, the, the whole, well, b- the Bosch thing. I mean, that really, oh, yeah. that's, you know, that, you're that staying hurt. close to home. Yeah. You're staying that close to home. Now. I mean, I, I'm still not over the, uh, that series loss we had to Brooklyn four or five years ago when they had ISO Joe who just killed us. Joe Johnson. Um, yeah. So that's, that's still, st- but it's a different team now, but, uh, yeah, I think Miami was the team that I hated the most probably. I mean, I, you know what? The Celtics with Pierce. And Garnett, I didn't like that either. I didn't like that. Uh, you know what? That one actually was more. I didn't. I didn't mind that. I think because I like Garnett, I, I think I was okay with that. I never. I was never a Paul Pierce fan, but I think I like because I like Garnett. I was actually, and you know what? Garnett works his ass off. Like that's a, you, you take a Garnett yeah. on your squad anytime. Um, yeah, you hate you hate you hate LeBron going to Miami, but but you didn't. Yeah, you didn't mind Bosch. Did, did you? I didn't mind Wade. Did you guys not like Wade? Like I I, I didn't. Right. Well, I, 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 I hate two of the three guys in Brooklyn. Like I hate Kyrie and I hate I hate Harden. Both. I hate all three. But no, what I didn't like the Miami thing, what I didn't like about it was the collusion. And that's clearly what it was. And I've talked about this before. LeBron and Bosch both knew that's what they were doing. There was never like, oh, they had this epiphany after the season. Oh, this is available to us. Well, it was absolutely mailed in, dialed in. And that's what I it's the collusion around that bit. Uh, like with LeBron saying he was going to change his number the following year because he had so much respect for Jordan, blah, 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 all that bullshit. He knew he was going to a different team. He wanted a different number. That's the part that just made that horrible. Which, by the way, let's not overlook this piece with Harden. I think it's a horrible look on the NBA uh, that a guy can whine his way, not play his way onto a team that he wants to play for. If I had been the Houston owner with a little set of nuts, I just would have sat his ass down and said, we will trade you when it's convenient for us. And we're going to send you, if I could have sent him to Siberia, that's where I would have put him. I would not have put him on his preferred destination. But the thing that we are, we haven't talked about here yet uh, either is the whole Philadelphia Ben Simmons. So the, the word is that, uh, Philadelphia thought they had a deal. They told Ben Simmons he's getting traded. Did you know that, Brock? They told him to pack his bags. I did not know that. Yeah, they told him that this is the deal's imminent. This is happening. And then uh, again, according to what I've read, is that Fertitta, Fertitta, uh, the owner of Houston, has such an issue with Daryl Morey and the whole thing with China last year and pissed off and all that all. And he he said he he apparently squashed that deal uh, and then made the deal with the Nets. So. Uh, and by the way, not a horrible deal. I think Houston actually made a pretty good deal. 
Um, so and Simmons was happy as could be. He's happy as a peach. He didn't want to go to Houston. He's he's. Yeah. But his his agent came to him and told him to pack his bags. His agent said, "You got to pack your bags." So like, it was a done deal. And so when he was told he's back in Philadelphia, he thought, "Oh, he's going to be bitter." No, you look at his look at his alternative. He's quite happy to still be there. Um, all right, listen quickly before we wrap up in the NBA. Uh, prohibitively, are the are the Nets now the overwhelming Eastern Conference favorites? I don't think they're the overwhelming favorite. I think there's too much that goes on. Um, I mean, we still got to see how Durant and uh, Harden mesh together. And Kyrie, I mean, is he going to play? Um, you know, not, he, maybe no, not a team now, but yeah, I agree. Who knows? He doesn't play. Um, you know, I can't imagine those three guys on the court at the same time. And, and Kyrie's had, uh, I just don't see how that works with those three. So is, is it enough with uh, Durant and Harden? Probably, but I don't know if I would call them the prohibitive favorite. Right. Yeah, with, with Durant Harden. So that, that was your test last night. They played the Bucks last night with Durant Harden, and they won in a nail biter at the end of the game. So, so definitely not the prohibitive favorite with just those two guys. Throw Kyrie in there. That's probably puts them up to my eyes to be the prohibitive favorite. Once you got him as the third guy in there, um, I really, really would love to see a massive compound fracture from Harden or Kyrie to, uh, to equal that, to equal that Easter conference out. Well, that's true. They are an injury away from them being in trouble. They gave up a lot. Like I think the Jared Allen piece, uh, is huge for them. Deandre Jordan is not the answer in the center, in the center position for them. Jared Allen was having a, is having a great season. So uh, yeah, there's, there's some gaps in that standpoint. I, I, I guess they're thinking, try and stop us, right? We're going to put up 130 every night. Can you put up 131? And that's going to, uh, that might win them, uh, or it might be enough for them to win, uh, to get out of the East. Cause I'm not sure anyone else has got anywhere near the firepower, but yeah, I agree. Just listen, there are some gelling issues here. It's not going to shock me three weeks from now. We hear about how Kyrie's pissed off that he doesn't have the ball enough or that Harden's doing that. Like, so there, there are some chemistry issues that could easily crop up. And then obviously, you know, all those guys, none of them are actually Harden's been pretty durable in his career, but I mean, Kyrie and Durant are, are eggshellish. So, uh, who knows, right? Who knows? But I, I mean, I, that being said, I'd be very, very surprised right now if they, if they, if, uh, health is not an issue. I'd be very surprised if they didn't come out of the East, and which would kill me. A Nets Lakers, I won't watch it. If there's a if there's a Nets Lakers finals. I will not watch it. I will hate too many people. I don't want it that much hate in my life. I would hate too many people. I'd, I'd actually. I think Durant versus uh, LeBron in a final would be great. I don't think he's got a Milwaukee yet, though. You don't know what Giannis is capable of, right? I mean. That's it's not, it's not Giannis. Everyone, the kitchen. Oh, kitchen. Say, you're right. It's Giannis. Say it with me. It's Giannis. Giannis. You're right. You're right. Giannis. Mark says it wrong. You're right. Mark. That's perfect. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Seven, well, seven on seventies. I get it. Now it's coming clear now. Uh, all right. Listen, uh, we're done. NBA chat. Seven, by the way, James. Uh, listen, I'll never know. You can tell me that I'll never know. Um, we are moving on to our favorite segment. Our kitchen's favorite segment this week, I should say. We're into a backyard gambling slash uh, NBA storylines, or sorry, NBA NFL storylines. So let's. Uh, why don't we start with a with a couple uh, storylines? Couple. Story yeah, lines. I was gonna say. Why don't we start with a couple of storylines, which will tie into our, our gambling? Um, so, did you want to start this? I know you did your twelve minutes of research. Do you want to start this? Yep. So the QBs. It was. It was. It was interesting to see. We always talk about how the NFL. You need a good QB to get anywhere in the NFL and the old boys, like you had Rogers, Brady, Breeze and Rivers all playing this week. So four old boys that, that made it to the, whatever finals this was, semi conference, semifinals. 
And then versus Goff, Mahomes, Allen, and Mayfield to change you the guards. So it was it was interesting. You probably got two of those guys are 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 now gone. So uh, so you got Big Ben and and Breeze most likely retiring. But uh, I think that was a that was an interesting to watch. And I and I was very impressed with even though Mayfield lost. I was very impressed with how he played in that game. I thought he threw some some decent balls. I, I thought he looked great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's you know what. For concerns coming in the season, Baker Mayfield's clearly their guy without questions coming in next year. He's got what he and he's got what you want. He's he's demonstrated the arm and he's always had the accuracy. And I think he's uh he's got the head now head in the game now. So I think he's uh he's I think he's the guy. Well, that's what happens when you coach him up. Coach him up is what happens. You turn okay players into good players. And I think the highlight, the highlight of my well, the highlight, but the the laughing point highlight of my weekend was Tony, Tony Romo's call at the end of the KC game. Oh, that was awesome. Brock, you hear that, Romo? KC's got fourth and one. Fourth and one, and uh, Tony's like, okay, they're just doing a hard count. They're not going to jump. There's a hard count here. There's no way they're going to run this play, and sure enough. You walk up there and say, no play, everybody. Don't jump. There's no play. Just look at the body language. Brady! Oh, there is a play. Kenny rolling out, throws it! Romo was beside himself. It's just, just be fuddled that they actually ran the play. Well, listen, for all the pomp and circumstance around Tony Romo and his ability to predict plays and he can see the future and all that sort of shit. And this was like an over, like it was, it was awesome. It was so overwhelmingly bad and they caught him off guard. It was, you know, right. It's that was from the uh, Rocky four. You see, he's not a machine. He's a man. Right. He's cut. Romo has now been cut as an analyst. And I think that it, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty comical. And he, and by the way, he fucked up the play before too, calling it a first down. He kept saying first down. He's just he's just won them the game. He's and meanwhile we're all going. It's fourth down. Tony, pay attention. I, I tapped out at Rocky Three, by the way. So that was all. Oh, bro, are you kidding me? Have you not seen Rocky Four? I have not seen Rocky Four. I've not. Oh, seen Rocky IV. I haven't seen either. That's the that greatest. Loved Rocky One. That's the greatest propaganda movie of all time. Propaganda. It was uh, what when he goes to Russia after you guys didn't watch Apollo Creed die in the ring? I oh my god, that is un, that is unbelievable. No more fighting. My unbelievable. I had the tigers in there as a theme song. Oh well, you know what? I know what you're doing Saturday now. <laughs> All right, we're watching it. Oh yeah, we're definitely watching. I love that movie. I think I saw it four times in the theater. Unbelievable. Um, all right. So and uh, I'm going to bring up the last point is, and I'll ask Brock on this one. What did you think of the Green Bay, um, not the Green Bay, the uh, Tampa Bay New Orleans game? What was your what was your take on that game? Uh, I thought there were two pretty unimpressive teams. Uh, you know, I was, you know, it was it was kind of shocking. I was kind of thinking it, but it really when Troy said it, I mean, Drew Brees is not capable of playing quarterback in the NFL. He could not. He could not force the ball downfield. I mean, and then as soon as he said it, I became laser focused on all he would throw would be a ten yard out, maybe a seven yard out, and even then with no velocity. I mean, it was so. Um, so I'm not. You know, Tampa's defense probably looked better than they actually were because. Uh, and then the the receiver for New Orleans, who um, Thomas. Thomas is apparently he's having like three surgeries now. Like he was, he said the only reason he played was to try and get a, uh, a championship for brief. Lobotomy. <laughs> yeah. Should uh, be. What a disaster. So, 
I was not. So this, you know, this is going to lead into what I'm thinking about the Green Bay game. I was not impressed with either one of those teams, and um, wasn't impressed with the with. I mean, I, I guess Tampa. I think Tampa clearly won the game, but that's. Uh, but I don't think it was. Uh, you know, I was not all impressed with them, and I really uh, don't really like their chances heading up to Lambeau. Brock, I can confirm Tampa did win the game. That's a that is a fact. Tampa has won the game. Uh, just that's just it. Breaking news: Tampa has won the game. Uh, so listen, I think uh, as you can attest to, Kitch, as I yawned probably ninety six times during that game. You did. Uh, the weekend it, hit you. It, <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute. Well, that's AOB for me. Um, yeah, I mean it was it was hard to watch. Neither forty eight year old quarterback was any good. To Bre- to the point on Breeze, I mean he's clearly done as he should be. Anything more than 15 yards, it had a bit of a loop to it. It was never on a line. It was at just a little bit of a loop, and that's all those guys need, uh, hence three interceptions. So uh, it was a pretty pathetic uh, football game, I thought. So it, it, we'll, get, we'll get to that in the picks, but it's, it's hard to imagine Green Bay uh, not winning that game. But let's not... Who won the game? Who won the game? Did Tampa win the game? Officially the winner. Um, so... I do think let's not gloss over that that KC game. We gotta talk about that for just a second. Let's just talk about the fourth and one call to have your five hundred million dollar quarterback run the option and then run it. I don't I get I get it. Mahomes is somewhat infallible, right? He's the Superman, and I think they just think whatever he does, it's always gonna work out. And they're usually right. It is gonna work out. Um, as Kitsch makes a an exit from the pod. That's okay. But Brock, this is it. This is what I've been dreaming of, actually. This is the, now it's the two of us. Uh I can't. I, I, that play call was shocking to me um, because it's just it's it wasn't even well uh, well done. It was somewhat ill conceived, if you ask me. Um, but Brock, more importantly, before we get to the fourth down call, where did you see him get concussed? Like, was it an obvious concussed? This theory of he was choked out and that who's <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing. I've watched enough MMA to know you can't get choked out in, in a second and a half. So, but I, I don't know where he got hit. I don't know how he got concussed. I, the only thing I can think of it was like a mini whiplash, um, kind of soft tissue thing, but it, I mean, clearly he was out on his feet. Um, and it was the impact. It didn't look like his head, head hit the ground. It was close. So I just, you know, I don't, I didn't really see what, uh, what would, uh, what would do that to him. Well, Reed said today it was a neck injury. That's what they actually came out today and said yeah. it was like a neck injury. Yeah, but when do you, how do you, like he was out, he was wobbling. Like how does a neck injury uh, create that sort of uh, reaction? Like I, I mean, soft tissue, I bracket it. Well done because no one's going to know what that means. So no one's going to, so we can't, uh, we can't validate that. But I don't know how a neck injury makes you like unable to stand up properly. Well, my two years in med school. Yeah. I'm not sure either, actually. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, Sue, she's a physio. She went to school. Yeah, Sue, no, Sue, no. We get Sue on. She, she gives a good explanation. Right, talk about Sue in a minute too. Well, now bringing it back to hockey, that's the injury that Sid ended up having all those years. It was kind of misdiagnosed as a concussion, and when they finally figured it out with soft tissue in the neck, then they were able to finally able to get him back on the ice. So there you go. That's deep insights. More deep insights. Yeah, oh, this is. I'm kind of hoping they don't. Hey, get well, that was you were unprepared. That was just off the top of your head, Brock. That's impressive. Well, my last 10 minutes have been a bit weak, so I'm just trying to pick it up a bit here. Your, your last 10? All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, listen, last thing on that storyline before we get to the gambling. How about that fourth, the, going back to Romo, 
I must admit, to be fair to Romo, no one was thinking that call was, uh, they were running that play. They thought they were going hard count and going to punt it. But that is like an awesome play call with your backup quarterback. Well, it's awesome because it worked. So it, it is an awesome thing. Oh, call. yeah. But that's how it works. When it works, it's awesome. If it had not worked, oh, my God, it would have been a disastrous call. Andy Reid would have been pasted for weeks. So that's a ballsy call by, by, by him in that situation. Listen, Kish, we talked about this, too, a couple of times. Uh, I've decided now, when you have a chance to control your destiny in the football field, you have to take that chance. You cannot give the ball back to the other team. One in that scenario where you're either going to lose the game outright uh, or may never get the ball back. So uh, I think it, it, yeah, ballsy, ballsy, ballsy. But I mean, it worked out, and I think, and I think it is the right call. Win it, win it on your own. And and the part of the thing that was unusual is that they didn't let the play clock run down. When he when they snapped it, I went, "What are you doing?" There's 15 seconds left. You just never see that, right? I'm thinking they're going to run it out, or they're going to. I don't know why I'm thinking you you let it run out and snap it right at the end. Maybe to think you're going to draw them offside. Uh, and and you're still going to run the play, but that was that was a that that was that was great thinking. Uh, they clearly weren't ready for that play, and they weren't ready for it with 15 seconds left on the uh, on the play clock. Uh, listen, I thought I thought it was genius. I thought it was uh, well done. And you know, I was listening to Simmons podcast, and then maybe there, there's some uh, some logic to this, where they said, does he do that if he hasn't already won a Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe that's the confidence. Maybe that's the uh, you know he's got a little, he's got a little more uh, comfort. In his decision making, and you can make uh, make calls like that. I don't know, but it, it uh, I loved it. And it is the right. Listen, I'm now a big believer in you never get rid of the ball unless you have to. How about that for deep insight? That's impressive. <laughs> never get rid of the ball unless you have to, Kitch. Uh, okay, here we are, Kitch. Last week, last week's picks. Last week's picks from like the results from like the recap from last week's. Are you like here? Yeah. Uh, just a, qu- a very quick one, please. Oh, all right. So Kitch, uh, Kitch goes and still at 4 0 for the week. 4 0 puts him up to 7 and 3 for the playoffs at a 70% win percentage. Shocking. It doesn't really relate a lot to my betting account, but the fact that it's a 70% win percentage is good for, uh, for, for, for the uh, playoffs so far. Deno and Bart both go two and two. They both lose the Saturday games with the with the dogs when the favorites came through. Uh, Bart sits at three and seven, and Deno sits at four and six. So Deno forty percent, Bart thirty percent. Seven in the playoffs. You are three and seven in the playoffs. No, yes, you impossible. Are. <laughs> well, that's right. I went one and five the week before. That's right. Very possible. I blocked that right out. I blocked that right out. <laughs> so that's it. That's uh, that's where we that's where we stand uh, going into this. This week we're going to go the play just to get these guys a chance to get back into this. We're going to go. The games and the over under in uh, in each of the games. So, all right. But before, so I, I told Brock that he had to uh, be ready for this. So, Brock, you are going two things. You're going to do here. You're going to give us your picks against the spread, and then you are going to let us know if those are your if it's uh, those are your Super Bowl finalists as well. All right, I got it. Do you want them now, Dave? Or? I would, I would, let's let's do the first game now. Let's do Tampa. The, the early game is Tampa Green Bay. So let's start with Tampa Green Bay. The, the current line, Tampa. Getting three points over under fifty one. So Green Bay all day long, uh, and I will go over the, over the number there. So over fifty one. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with no insight, so no insight. Brock shows up on that uh, one. The uh, Tampa are going to play in the cold. The defense isn't going to like it. Tom Brady's not going to like it. He didn't look great last week. Uh, Green Bay is going to roll. Uh, bet bet your house on this one. Oh oh. Wow. Is, this in the, is this in the neighborhood of a 25,000 star lock play? We'll live in a small shack. This is my house. 
This, in Bermuda, this is a one point five million dollar play. <laughs> I haven't had a uh, I haven't had a strong feeling about any game for like a month in the NFL. Oh, oh. this is the uh, this is the one. Oh, DP, I hope I you're listening. I hope Tampa, DP is I listening. Think Tampa's going to want no part of playing in the cold weather, and I just don't think Tom is playing as 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 well as people think he's playing. Uh, listen, I totally agree. That little magical three game run he had playing against shitty teams, where he looked he's he's terrible. He's done. He's done. He should also hang him up. I mean, they tried to not to go back to the game, but I will go back to the game. They they tried to give the game to New Orleans. They gave him two chances at the end and just said, here you go, Drew. Uh, but he couldn't do it. So. No, they had a third and one play. They had a third and one play. I said to Bart, and they threw a 50-yard pass at a third one play. I mean, what, 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 like, are you that unconfident in, in the ability to move the ball? Like, well, that, that, that I believe shocking. the receiver ran a 50-yard route. The ball went 57 yards, but yeah, it was a, it was a 57, yeah. It was supposed to be a fifty-yard play. Yeah. Well, they must have brought Jameson to throw that one then. <laughs> well, he's one. For, he's one for one. Hundred percent. Great throw. Great throw by Winston. Uh, all right, catch you're leading, so you're up. So I'm I'm riding the Brock, the Brock train here. I'm on Green Bay as well. Um, I honestly don't think the cold actually affects them as much, just because uh, Brady and Gronk and them grew up playing in the cold and played in New England all the way through. So I think they're a little more accustomed to it. I don't know about the linemen as much, but I just don't think they're as good a team. I just think that Green Bay is a much better, well-rounded team. I think Tampa Bay has sort of limped themselves way the way through the playoffs here with a couple of couple of wins, and I think. Uh, I think it ends here, and I will take the over on. Mind you, I haven't checked the weather yet. If the if the if the weather's lousy, then this is a bad call. But I'm going to take the over on that on that one as well. Oh, re- oh, really? Okay. Uh, Deno, does Deno have a pick for this game? Deno has the the Packers. He's taking the Packers. He has not given me the over under yet, so I will get back to you with that one. But uh, he has the Packers as well. All right. So this is not my twenty five thousand star lock play of the week uh, because I will be t- picking Tampa. Uh, Primarily because everyone else has picked. And because it, it is my betting interest. So I know everyone thinks I'm a horrible gambler, which I think I am now too. Uh, Three and seven. Uh, yeah. However, however, previously this season, I made a pick, a parlay pick, Brock, where I parlayed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the NFC with the Chiefs to win the AFC. So I obviously need both. Now, just so everyone understands what a great gambler I am. A couple of weeks ago, I also made that same uh, bet, except I swapped the teams out. I have a Green Bay to win the NFC with Buffalo uh, to win the AFC. So uh, I'm, I'm already heavily invested here. But I listen, the only reason why I think Tampa's got a chance is because for some reason, uh, Green, Green Bay has not performed overly well in their last few NFC championship games. Uh, there might be a mental block with Rogers somewhere. I'm hoping there is, but uh, listen, this is a reach. I, I get it. I'm reaching here. I'm reaching. Yeah, I'm going with Tampa plus the three. This is the best Green Bay team we've seen in a while. So. It, I, yeah, it, for Devontae Adams. Holy smoke! I, for some talk about somebody who does not get enough press, he is. He's good. He's really good. So, uh, Rambler, there. Are you going to give me an over under? Are you just going to? Uh, oh, we got to go over under too. Uh, I will one thousand percent take the under. Under. <laughs> it's just, just this is just to catch up, just to catch up in the race. I get it. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Sure. Brock, who do you got for the next one? KC Buffalo. So I will. Uh, What's the line? What's the line, Bart? What's oh, the line? Uh, Buffalo line also sits at Buffalo getting three points. Over under is fifty three and a half. All right. Bart, so. I'm. Uh, I will uh, take Buffalo and the points. Oh, 
I would uh, if you want to do a if you want to wager a little bit of money, not your lock of the week. I would take the Buffalo money line. Um, Love it. And so, but you believe so you think Buffalo's going to win the game? I believe that there's a good chance. There's a better than fifty percent chance they're going to win the game. Yes, I wouldn't take the money line otherwise. So, so are you predicting a Buffalo Green Bay Super Bowl? I am predicting a Buffalo Green Bay Super Bowl, and. I will. Uh, I guess I will take the under at fifty-four. Is that the under over? Fifty-three. 53. I will take the under there. Um, and uh, I just don't know what we're going to see out of Mahomes if we see him play. I mean, uh, I don't know if we're going to see him play. I can't. It's kind of hard to believe that he's going to recover that quickly. Well, for that soft tissue injury, yeah, of course, uh, the vaunted soft tissue. Those are tough. Those, really, those ones are really gnarly. Those ones. <laughs> well, it's very soft. The tissue is very soft. Took said three years from that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you, Brock. Well, uh, well done on your, on your first ever pod picks. Uh, so, in the first place over on the pool is my pick. So, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Buffalo. I, I with Brock. I'm on the Buffalo money line, but I will take the three points in this pool. So, Buffalo plus the three. And I'm also on the under, so I, I, I'm 100% on Brock all the way here. Um, and I do think for Buffalo to win this game, I think it does have to go under 53.5. I think if it goes over 53.5 or over 55, then I think KC wins this game. So I'm I'm thinking Buffalo plus three in the under, hoping that the weather's a little, little nasty in KC. And uh, I do have Buffalo and Green Bay. Each, I, I bet them a number of weeks back for to win the AFC and NFC, so I have a vested interest there. How many times to revisit this? How many times? Buffalo hoping to be six to one. We know six to one, and I and I when I picked him at twenty two to oh, one. Way back. Seventeen listeners. Took, no, you got we took that Super Bowl pick. Buffalo twenty two to one. That one's still not dead. <sighs> you have Buffalo twenty two to one to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, remember we called that about like eight weeks ago, and and that was that was my that was my we had to pick a long shot to win the Super Bowl. Well, now I'm definitely cheering for Kansas City. <laughs> so Denno has Buffalo as well. Denno has Buffalo. All three, all three of us have the have the dog there. He has. I don't have his over under, so I'll get that. But. Uh, Let's know, Bart. Let us let me let me hear about right, Casey. Here, here's what I think. Uh, I'm I'm on KC minus the three, um, for two reasons. One, I think Mahomes is going to play. I'm not sure he's going to be. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to survive the whole game, but I do think he's going to show up and play. So, based on that alone, if he if he plays the whole game, uh, then I think I think KC will absolutely find a way to win. Uh, that being said, I think if it gets out of hand in any way, shape, or form, he gets hurt again, and Henny plays. If Henny plays any meaningful minutes, then that bet's in in big trouble. Uh, but I do I, just I, I don't know. If Mahomes plays. I just think he's going to find a way to win. Uh, and I you know, listen, Buffalo. Let's not forget how horrible Buffalo was uh, against uh, Indy for long stretches, and they didn't look awesome against. Uh, the Ravens. The Ravens were horrible. We didn't. We didn't really dive into that. But Lamar Jackson's got some explaining to do. He's like. He's like Masai. He's got some explaining to do. Uh, so I don't think Buffalo's looked great yet. Um, so it's definitely it's a it's a coin. But but I'm going to take the home team with Mahomes playing. So there you go. Uh, okay. But now, so before we go before we go into this, so tonight we we get an agenda before the show starts, and the agenda lays out everything you need to do for the show. So we get out, we come through, and and before the show, Bart they'll throw a surprise at us. He comes up tonight. He goes. So tonight we're going to pick the games, but we're also going to pick the over under. And I've had to remind him every single time. I was just getting, I was just getting the over under. I was just going to give my, I, I was, I was just going to say my twenty five thousand, my twenty five thousand star lock play of the week is that under. I love the KC under. When was the last time a KC game went over? 
don't don't count week uh, seventeen against against the uh, Scrubs team playing. But before that, I'm telling you, they're not going over. They're long drive. They don't score as quickly as people think they do. Uh, they're long drives, even with Mahomes in there. That game is going under. I think Buffalo is going to be nervous to start the game. Uh, Mahomes, they might be cautious with them. That game is one thousand percent going under fifty three and a half. So I, I didn't. You were you jumped. You didn't know you were a, a miserable Sunday afternoon when you were screaming for the under. <laughs> Why do I watch that game? I'll probably bet the under. Did we all take under that on that one? We did. did we all, yeah. This is when we're in line at the sports yeah. bar where you yeah. say, all right, yeah. we need to do the opposite because it's definitely going over now. Yep, for sure it is. For you sure. know what? I did some that last week, Brock. After my one and five, uh, even though I made all those picks, I did bet uh, – <laughs> who did I bet, Kitch? I bet Buffalo and I picked Baltimore. Uh, and then what was the other game, that, the first game? Uh, the the oh, Rams. The Rams game, wasn't it? The yeah, Rams. I, I, bet, I picked the Rams and I bet Green Bay. So, <laughs> so I was. I, I could stand it a little bit. I was doing the, I was doing the opposite. I needed to, Brock. I had to save the account. I had to save the account. Uh, okay, listen, that's it. I think we're done. What, kids, you, you don't need college picks, do you? Oh, that's right. No, you don't. Oh, it's done. It's done now. I'm looking. I'm pulling up the weekend weather in uh, in uh, in uh, Kansas City. So on Sunday, oh, Sunday afternoon, 7 degrees, 80% chance cloudy with showers. Yeah, 7 degrees Celsius? Yeah. You got to tell Kentucky Russ that. If you, you know, Kentucky Russ, the whole Celsius Fahrenheit thing, you got to tell him that. Seven degrees Celsius, but eighty percent chance of rain with showers. So to be playing in the rain. So yeah, the under the under's a lock. You're right. Uh okay. So Brock, I didn't prep you for this, but I'm pretty sure you've listened to the pod enough to know that this segment's coming out that you're gonna have to participate. So uh we're into what drives. And by the way, shout out to Orso, who I didn't shout out last week. Orso, who put together that lovely uh very peaceful piece of music to introduce this segment, which I thought was very nice. Listen, he took it out of his own time. Uh, based on the quality, it sounds like it took him three or four minutes to put that thing together. So that was very nice or so to do that. Uh, so thank you or so. Uh, Brock, what drives you crazy? Are you familiar with this segment? I, I am familiar with the segment, Dave. Are, are, you, are, are you prepped? Up? Are you prepped? Are you ready? Yeah, I can give you, I can give you something. I do you want, would you want to wait? Do you want, you want me to kick I, it off? I can go ahead first if you like. Sure, go ahead, Kitch. All right. So I come to Bermuda 10 days ago now, fly in on the Air Canada flight, and we land. We land. The, we land. That's usually how it works. Yeah. And and they're in the first row. So I'm in the third row. In the first row, and there's four rows at the front of the plane, and then and then the rest of the rows behind there. Um, on the, in the first row, there's a lady who has had a stroke. And I feel sorry for her. Like she she is completely immobile. Um, she has a shoulder, you can't you can't touch her shoulder, it's very sore. Her son's on there and he's sort of managing everything for her. So the plane lands and he's sitting there, and the lady who works the the door for the plane comes running and says, We're gonna take her off first. And her son looks at her and goes, I don't think that's a good idea. She goes, and the lady who's working the airport says, No, we're gonna get her off first. So all the people are standing up waiting to get off. Now you've got five guys that have to board the plane to try to lift this person into a wheelchair. So you've got five guys plus all the people standing up waiting to get off the plane, all congregating in the front of the plane. I just signed a COVID app saying I'm going to be careful when I get here. I'm not going to be in close contact with people. And there was a mass of people trying to move this person first off the plane. Probably took 15 minutes to get her off the plane while everybody is standing and watch them try to lift this poor lady up and into a chair and off the plane. Drove the whole first section crazy. They were 
they were people were going batshit crazy that oh, yeah. I, are you doing a multiple person segment of what drives you? it's not just a kid it's the whole the whole oh, business it was a section a section of what drives me fucking crazy so yeah oh. that's it well i gotta listen have you ever been on a plane where someone who needs assistance is not always the last person off the plane? Never, never. Uh, yeah, I've never. I've never shot. Oh, that's kind of shy. I've never seen it. Um, you know what? I, I will say this. Uh, you know, it's nice to hear a uh, what drives you crazy about uh, airline flight. We haven't heard that in about six months. It was a. <laughs> it was true. a weekly occurrence. That's <laughs> um, true. Not a lot of stories in there about the airplane. I do uh, like Kitch how last week you referred to. Uh, on the where you were flying on the flight as first class because I don't know if you've been on the last time I was on that plane. Rouge. It is maybe charitably calling it business class. Might be never prepay for the internet. Was, the that, was that Rouge? You were on, they're, they're they're now flying from here. Is a Rouge flight? Because well, they, they're using those cheap planes to get down to anywhere now because oh. that's coming through there. there. There's there's not a good seat on a Rouge plane. No, and I have never been on a Rouge plane where the internet or red plane. The Wi-Fi has ever worked. The Wi-Fi has never worked on that. On the, on they still the hand out iPads on the Rouge? Yep. Yeah, you still get your iPad for the movies. Yeah, for sure you do. That can't be COVID friendly. That can't be smart. <laughs> well, I, have the, I just they figured have when them. I landed, the, 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 maybe maybe because everybody drives on the wrong side of the road here, they get the people off the plane first. So I figured everything was a little backwards when I got off. So I, that was my only reason. For uh, careful. You're a guest. You're a guest in this country. Careful. <laughs> uh, Brock, would you like to jump or do you want me to go? Oh, I'll go. So I'll keep it on the sports. I'll keep it on the Toronto sports theme. So I guess what, uh, I don't know if it drives me crazy. It probably, it bothers me a bit. How about it bothers me a bit? Uh, so all right, we've been known to deviate uh, from what the second really drives you crazy. It can't just bother you a bit. So it would be the, so the approach that the Toronto Blue Jays are taking, uh, it's not so much what they're trying to do. It's that they're making it clear they're in on every possible transaction. Uh, oh, we didn't get that. We were in on it, you know, or, you know, and they're just, it's a, um, it doesn't matter what the transaction, whether it's a free agent, whether it's a trade, oh, the Blue Jays were in on it. And there's somebody in the Blue Jays organization uh, saying that. Now, if you're trying to negotiate or if you're trying to sign a free agent, I don't know if it's the best strategy to tell everybody that you're going to be in on everything. I, I mean, I, I just don't know why you would do that. And in what, in what, uh, in what realm and what business that you want to tell everybody what exactly is that you're trying to do? Um, so, so it bothers. It doesn't drive me crazy. It bothers me a bit. So there you go. A little bit. Okay. Well, uh, Kitch, by the way, Blue Jays is a major league baseball team. In case you're, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. I play the cup game at that at that event. <laughs> uh, listen, I think the whole Jays thing. Uh, there's still a money issue, right? They they don't have it. It's that's not a, a Yankees like checkbook, and I think they want to still keep that fan base or whatever what's ever left of it to a certain extent engaged and make some offseason uh, noise that sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it, clearly it's not a great strategy, and I don't and I don't believe it either, right? I mean, they're not they're not out there looking for that twenty five million a year free agent uh, player. They, but that being said, I will give them credit. They have a great young nucleus, so maybe let's just go with that. Get a couple more arms and see where. Uh, See if we're a wild card team, because I think that's what we could be. I, I agree. Let's just cut the chatter down about, oh, yeah, we're in on it. We're in on it. I hear you, Brock. I hear you. Thank you, Brock. Uh, all right, listen. I wish mine uh, was about someone I didn't know, like a stranger on a plane. But unfortunately, uh, I'm going to bring it right back to my to my home. Uh, Jeez, the, ice is full. the ice tray is full. The ice tray is full. The ice, we are definitely managing the ice a little bit better. But probably because I've taken the reins on that, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed that. I have taken the reins on it. Uh, but Brock, I want to I want to set the set the uh, scenario here for you. So I've opened up my home to to Kitch for uh, which 
again, we do not have an end date, but there definitely will be one. Uh, and, you know, I'm trying and as a, uh, a host, I'm trying to take care of him, trying to look after him, trying to offer him. You know, we played golf. Uh, we played some pickleball this weekend. Uh, I'm making his meals. By the way, I'm making some pretty good meals. You are. Hey, Last you are meal? great meals. A lot of other halibut. Bro, oh, even that, was a treat. that was a treat. It was I really have to be the dish pig. Uh, it was lost, I guess. Well, listen, I wasn't sure how you were going to do tonight, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to do all the preamble. It would have been too much for you. Um, so I don't know if it, I think Becky actually mentioned it. Becky mentioned to Kitch that we have a kayak uh, available to us. It's a bit of a hike. You got to get to it, but there's a kayak available to us that you could go take the, a nice little stroll over in uh, Brock. What's the bay over there? Devonshire Bay Day. The one right over. Uh, I, can, well, I should know this. It's not Jews Bay. Jews Bay is way out. Uh, uh, anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, there's a nice little bay where we have a kayak. You can, you can put your put your kayak in the water, and there's some mangroves around. And the idea we said to kitchen, you know, if you want to go for a kayak and just like paddle around there, uh, why don't you do that? And it's a good little you know half hour, 45 minute excursion you can do just, just in the little section there. So he says, sure. Next thing you know, I, I show him the pathway. He's going over there. Uh, I go down to our little spot in the ocean. Uh, and I think, you know, I said to him, like, come join me when you're done. Now he is now at this stage, he's gone a little bit longer, uh, than I would have expected, but I just assuming I wasn't too worried about it. I come to find out Brock that in Kitch's infinite wisdom, he took the kayak sans life jacket. Okay. Into the open waters of the ocean of the Atlantic ocean. So, he comes and he tells me, he's like, oh, yeah, just like, and I'm staring at the ocean, the stage. He's like, oh, yeah, I paddled all the way down. I said, well, what do you mean you paddled all the way down? Like, you, not without a life jacket, you didn't. It's like, oh, yeah, it was fine. I think he said he had Annie's life jacket. I did. Know. I had Annie's life jacket. Don't say I didn't have one. I had the eight-year life jacket. Uh, and so I was absolutely dumbfounded that a grown man who is in his mid-50s, uh, I know it looks older, Brock, but that's, you're staring at mid-50s. Um, and would take that kind of risk in the you're not a seasoned kayaker by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, yeah, I'm a totally. I don't, think, listen, I don't even think you're a great fantastic. athlete, a fantastic uh, kayaker. Fantastic kayaker. <laughs> so, and here we are now. If there's any kind of, and by the way, Brock, two days before that, we saw a couple of rogue waves just come in. That I guarantee you, if I'm one of those eight to you, you are turned upside down without a life jacket. So, you know, what's driving me crazy is that I am here trying to provide a relaxing, peaceful environment for both of us. And I come to find out that my guest is taking risks that are completely unnecessary that I may have to go back and tell his children a very sad story. Someday. And I don't, you know what? I don't want that put on me. So all I'm saying is let's buy, let's, you know what? Let's not test mother nature. If we tell you to paddle within a certain area, that's where you paddle. You're jumping to the conclusion that that's a sad story. That might not be viewed as a sad story. I don't well, know. You know what? It'd be, you know what? You want to cost get your body back to Canada. <laughs> I don't have to deal with that. Kitch was out there uh, looking for the uh, lion fishers out there. Yeah. But, uh, I was searching for the divers. You're right. I was going to see if I could find the divers out there. Not, uh, we've not seen them, but I'll tell you what, this is a path. This is a high traffic pathway we have here. There are a lot of vagrants walking around. The, private, the, private, yeah, property. the private of the palatial estate. <laughs> uh, okay. Listen, that's it. We're, we're done here. Uh, we got a, well, actually, should we have a quick AOB? Uh, Brock, do you have any other business that you'd like to, uh, I would you like to do it? Would you want to just give us a little brief, uh, 10 second reaction to your first ever pot on the BLR? Uh, it was, uh, it was fine. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> Are you amazed how formal it is? Like, yeah. it would be a structure formal enough. Can I just tell you I to sum it up there, Dave. So I just tell you, there's probably no worse adjective to define a situation than fine. 
<laughs> the word. Oh, my wife. Wait, what? Yeah, no, it was it was fine. My wife uses that one. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that was sex last night. Oh, it was fine. Fine. It's okay. Yeah, it was fine. What I'm just a little. What'd you say? I'm just, I laughed. I cried. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> just bothered me a little bit. Okay, uh, Kitch, anything for you? So my AOB is wrapping up uh, last weekend. So last weekend we had a a golf venture with the first ever Vorline Raptors Open. Um, we played a par three course, which was a very challenging exactly. par three course. Exactly, of course. Exactly, of course. But I think it was due to the fact that the winds were blowing. 70, 80 miles an hour. Like a 110-yard par three, I think I hit a three-wood to knock it off. So it was a challenge. It was a challenge out there. We got back here, and and we had a lot to – we had cards to play. We had a lot to drink. And and one thing that I was really surprised – I was surprised with one of Bart's friends who stayed late, was last guy to go home, just got Bobby, home for – Marcotte? Just got home for curfew. And I didn't know we were going to go – like one drink through the liquor cabinet. Like we were going to just randomly pick an, pick another thing out of the liquor cabinet and drink that for our next drink. So I think he went from beer to wine to scotch, maybe to a vodka. He doesn't remember. Dark he had a dark and stormy too. He had a dark, he had a dark and stormy. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was a, it was, it was a, it was around the world. He went around the world. He went, he went around the world. So I, I was impressed with that. I was, and I, and I sort of partaked and, uh, and, uh, Florida. missed, missed, missed a bit of the late part of the evening, but, uh, or I was there, but I just I had to recall. You know what? A little love fest that you and Marcotte had together. It was good, actually. The wait, third wait. wheel of that. It was just. It was so. It was so nice to have somebody who actually cared for me in this house. It was nice. <laughs> Thank God for Bermuda curfew. Got Marcotte out of here. Jesus, that was that was hard to watch you too. Uh, but I must admit, going from Scotch to another drink back to Scotch, I don't think I don't think too many seasoned drinkers do that. No. I don't think that's 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 very that's an irregular drinking habit for sure. Uh, all right, listen for me, AOB. Very quickly, I just uh, let's wrap up week two of the kitchen experience. Uh, you know, I think we're still on pretty good terms. Uh, I mean, of course, why wouldn't we be? I'm doing all the work. Uh, I'm a dish pig. I can do dish pig. <laughs> well, oh, well, we nudged a little bit. Yeah, you do it. Uh, so I randomly put stuff in just things where I think they should go. So <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That is true. There's there's a randomness to it for sure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, just so everyone knows, it's uh, it's so far so good. And it's uh, turning out. Exa- Kitch is the house guest I thought he was going to be. So there, there we go. <laughs> with that brock do you want to uh take us away with uh, our little uh, exit all right Kawhi, take us away yeah Kawhi up top looks at the clock turns the corner for the win 